1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Sports Creative Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Jacob Sanderson as always on Thursdays as we break down the main DFS slate. Uh, we have more than one good game for fantasy football this week. Uh, does, I mean, obviously it looks like Miami and Buffalo is the game that most people are going to be tuned into. Sort of, uh, sort of interesting that Last week the Giga Chalk shipped for everyone. And I, I do sort of feel like the week after the chalk absolutely hits, we're we're gonna see just I mean, everyone's playing too. Everyone's playing Josh Allen, everyone's playing Diggs and Tyreek and Waddle is back. He cleared the concussion protocol this morning. So we uh and this is actually our, our first game. It's the it's the first one in order on DraftKings. So let's just start here. How much Devin A chain are you are you looking forward to playing this week?
2: Oh my God, so much. By the way, uh, after we did our dynasty podcast last week, you guys like made me even more bullish, made me bullish enough to go ahead and ship my 25 first in my home league to bring Devin Achan, Achane Ashene onto my team along for the ride. The vibes were immaculate. Um, so we're gonna play him. I think he's like probably objectively not a good play, right? <laughs> like he plays like 40% of the snaps, and people are probably gonna play him way beyond his projection not sure that i care um and definitely i mean every single player in this game is probably in play right
1: um yeah i mean i think that so you would obviously have alan and tua you'd yes. have Diggs and gabe Diggs davis cook. knox and kincaid and cook you have mostert a chain hill waddle i don't know if you can play julian hill so it sounds like what no, happened- i think Smythe got hurt Yes. So I, I, it's a hard read on that. I mean, if you can glean something from practice reports or, or whatever this week, you know, maybe you have a $2,500 dolphins tight end to play. Honestly, that might even just be a little bit too thin though. Like Miami seems like an all time concentrated offense.
2: I mean, we've we've now seen three weeks of one of Smythe or Hill basically running all the routes, and in none of them were they actually good. Like the best we got was seven PPR points from Smythe in week one. So even if you do happen to hit the one, like first of all, it's possible that neither runs all the routes now. Like they might just actually rotate them or have roll splits. And then even if you hit the right one and they do run all the routes, like they'll probably just have two catches. (laughs) So it does seem a little bit thin to me
1: they probably have to score twice. I would imagine, you know, that that's yes. how, that's how they get there. And I just don't, I mean, how many games <laughs> is the dolphins tight end scoring twice? My thought is a chain is like really the a chain and cook actually probably are the only two pieces of this game that will be like non mega chalk. Like everyone else will be, I think quite owned. I mean, I think even most are uh, right now looking at projected ownership, yeah, I mean, less than less than 10% on A-Chain. Uh, and there is a plethora of mid-tier running backs. Uh, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, Vermondre Stevenson, James Conner, Damian... Like, there are a lot of 5000 to $6,000 running backs, which I think keeps Cook, A-Chain, and Mostert from being, like, giga-owned.
2: I think Cook is probably the best play of all the running backs in this game, even like outside of ownership, just from like a pure projection standpoint, right? Like he's, you know, we have concerns with the goal line. He did get a carry inside the five yard line last week. He didn't score on it. And then he was summarily replaced, but I don't think it's impossible. Even in the first two weeks, he was getting carries inside the 10. Like he was getting carries from the eight or getting carries from the seven. Like at some point he's going to score on some carry that's not inside the five and it's entirely possible he still gets one of those inside the five touches, or or they use him as a receiving package on the goal line. Like he's he's definitely gonna have a way higher touch share than you can project for either Moster or, or A-Chain uh, in this game or Achan. That's such a worse name. I, I don't
1: I, Yeah, why does he why does he why does he want that? I mean, I guess I don't know, your name is your name, so I can't criticize it. The the most important question, I suppose, to ask is do you feel that this is a spot that is so good with the total so high with two passing offenses that are so concentrated? Do we just play into, you know, this week's version of chargers and the Vikings?
2: I mean, we'll see where the ownership comes in total, but for now I'm thinking probably yes. Like I think it's just try to get different kind of elsewhere. And I think you're, I think the overstacks are again, really in play. Like I didn't play a ton last week, but that was, you know, kind of what I was talking about last week, if the possibility of doing a four and two in that Chargers and Vikings game, like I, I think you could have gotten there with those types of lineups. And I think that's something I would look at here where you can play the running backs from both sides and you can stack any of the running backs with the quarterbacks. Like they're all involved um, as receivers. So I think it would be totally fine to play like Alan Cook, Diggs, and then one of Gabe Knox or Kincaid, probably one of the tight ends, and then come back with, Either Hill or Waddle and one of the Dolphins running backs, I think, is like totally workable, or or you can do it this the other way with Tua. I, I can't see myself getting off of this game, with just the sheer the way the Dolphins play, I think that they're just effectively unstoppable, to be honest. Like I can't see them scoring less in like the mid-20s. Um, and I think that Miami's defense has been entirely susceptible to everyone they've played and especially Buffalo when pushed, like they're not going to dick around and run the ball. They're going to, they're going to have explosive plays. So I'm, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pumped to watch this game and this feels like one that could.
1: Yeah. It could have, just go nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. It could just like go, it's it's, it's I feel like
2: you're in tough fading this game entirely.
1: Yes. I, I think, I think that is accurate. Um, I think the other thing is just like on a, a global level in the NFL, scoring is down. Deep passes are down. Explosive passes are down. Um, really outside of the Dolphins and the Bills, you know, like the Chiefs are not throwing it deep. The Cowboys aren't throwing it deep. The 49ers are this death machine, but they're not throwing it deep either. They kind of just nickel and dime you uh, until you, you know, you submit. So there is less worry that there's some other game you're missing that's mm-hmm. going nuts um all right so i i think my favorite way to play this is alan kincaid waddle that like gets you into a way more and maybe yeah, i'll just lose that's because fun. Diggs, Diggs gets 27 tyreek gets 30 and but kincaid is my gold star play from this game where he is on the field a ton running a bunch of routes him and knox ran the same amount of routes um Sherfield and shakir snaps went down against the commanders hardy actually got five touches but only played nine snaps so he's like basically dexter mccluster on this offense i i think the kincaid breakout is coming he is my for sure favorite play from this game i
2: think i think my favorite would be tua tyreek waddle hook kincaid
1: yeah i mean that that isn't like that's a big over sack but that i mean it sets you up that like basically this is the only game that gets over 50 points the scoring is really concentrated, actually very similar to the vikings and the chargers in the sense of they do not use their peripheral players at all really and that is basically what happened um yeah the dolphins is like
2: the dolphins is one of the only teams that you can stack both expensive receivers and i think feel fine because like they don't throw at anyone else so i think if two throws four touchdowns and 400 yards. Like it's entirely possible that both Hill and Waddle are like top five wide receivers.
1: So next game is the Minnesota Vikings against the Carolina Panthers. It's, um, you know, it's a weird spot. The NFL, I saw someone tweet this, but the NFL is so weird in the sense of if you need to win a game right now, Andy Dalton's probably your better option, but Bryce Young Third. can still be worth the number one overall pick. Bryce Young practice on full on Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to be back. I, and also Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders are projecting is like huge chalk against the shitty Vikings defense at home 21, I think 21 and a half team total is their highest team total of the year through three games. Um, Thielen chalk, I don't feel that good about, like I prefer tank Dell for the same price and Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston for less Sanders. I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, I just, like, swift so much more. But you could tell me that's, like, just being brain dead, that that now that Sanders is getting these little Najee Harris-esque targets in the passing game, that actually he's, like, a totally fine play. for, for,
2: For three yards per... Um, I mean, it's kind of happening, right? Like it's happening on both. I think everybody's right. Like the people that were like, oh, Sanders is going to get this workload. Like, I guess they're right. And then the people like me that were like, yeah, but that's not going to work well for them. <laughs> it's like also correct. It's just that they, they're insistent on doing it anyway. Um, yeah, I'm probably not going to play the really high owned running back on the offense. I don't trust who is talent I don't believe in. That's just like a general process DFS take. So I will not retain playing well, Sanders. Thielen's fine. He projects well. I I think like playing non-elite talent wide receivers into ownership is just like always bad. Or really non-elite players, but especially non-elite wide receivers. I think. Um, so I'm probably going to fade the Carolina side of this game. Like I understand that the Minnesota defense is horrendous. I I mean, Chark is probably going to come in with like how much less ownership than Adam Thielen? They had the same whopper last week because like like more deep targets
1: to eighteen percent or something like that, right?
2: And, like, they, they're both going to run all the routes. Thielen's going to have a higher projected target share, but Chark will have the way higher dot. So, like, I don't really see a reason why I would play Thielen over Chark um, if I wanted to play someone in this game. I think he's actually, like, a really good play in this game because you're getting leverage off of Sanders and Thielen, and I think he projects, like, legitimately fine at 4K, um, running all the routes in this really bad defensive matchup.
1: Okay, and then Madison is also fairly interesting because he was awful last week and was not benched. I mean, really the only time and Cam Akers was just a healthy scratch. Like Yeah, so they let's must assume,
2: think Ty Chandler's the worst player they've ever seen.
1: They must, yeah. Okay, so let's assume Akers is active this week. I mean, Madison is still coming in as quite a good points per dollar play, but like not um not owned at all. I mean, like 10 to 15 percent. And I bet that's even high, because I bet the guys who are really good points per dollar plays, Kyron Moss, um, Deandre Swift, I bet in Jerome Ford, like I bet those guys end up getting more owned. Like I, I think Madison will be chalk last week, you know, basically like not quite get there, but I, I bet he ends up being sort of an ownership blind spot this week.
2: Yeah. I could easily see that. And it's a really good matchup for him. Um, yeah, it's an interesting spot. Like, I would also be more into the Vikings side if Andy Dalton played just because I think like they play yeah. more pass heavy. They're more like of a fun team to stack in the game. Um uh, This game just feels kind of fragile to me. Cause I think Carolina can just be so brutal. Like they just haven't moved the ball at all with Bryce young that I could just see the the kind of the life getting sucked out of this game where it doesn't move at as high of a pace as most of these Vikings carnival games go. Um, So I don't really feel like playing the high on pieces. I think you can like, always play jefferson and i feel like this is probably a pretty low owned spot for jefferson because so many people want to under play under Diggs. under
1: 10 percent this week is my call yeah
2: right because everybody's gonna want to play hill and digs so i feel like if i'm playing someone from this game i'm probably just taking advantage of playing like by far the best player in this game for a pretty reasonable ownership um probably hard to construct lineups around that but I, I do think if you uh if you wish to employ the services of justin jefferson who's basically a lock for 150 yards every week um like it's not really a materially different spot than like what he had week one against Tampa when everybody wanted to play him. It's just that Hill and Diggs are in this massive game that everybody wants to play instead.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think that like, for example, you can build a Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs, Puka Nakua, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson team with two 5k running backs, a punt tight end, a cheaper defense and still get like a non-vomit inducing flex play and you can i mean you could throw waddle on that team you could throw a chain on that team like you you could still get pieces of that game with i definitely
2: want one of cook mostert or a chain on on those jefferson teams to try and take some of the life out of the hill on digs
1: yep i'm with that um all right what do we have next we have oh god the denver broncos traveling to play against chicago bears this will be (laughs) khalil herbert's going to get some steam this week Uh, Maybe this is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. I think the market will look at what the Broncos did on defense last week and be like, anyone can run on these chuckleheads which I don't know, maybe, maybe is true. Um, And he, he, he's true. And he, he will also not be one of these, like any non Kyron Williams, um, Miles Sanders, Zach Moss running back will probably be quite, Will will be you'll get them at an ownership that you feel is acceptable, like whatever your stance right. is um on those guys. So, you know, I can see it. I I won't do it. I think if I was gonna go real ballsy on any play from this game, it would actually probably be Marvin Mims at 3900 and say, Sean Payton is just like, I've had enough of getting my ass kicked. I'm gonna play my best player. And he'll probably run 12 routes and and you know, be useless or whatever. But that that was the first thing that leapt out to me about this game.
2: Yeah, I think like I tried the Justin Fields thing last week. All it all it brought me was pain and torture. I'm not. I don't think I can do it this week, just on an emotional level. Um, but he's like again. I think an objectively fine play because he does have rushing upside. He's playing a horrible matchup. I think you can. I play would. Ross. I would just
1: rather play Richardson. Honestly, I would. Yeah,
2: no, totally fair but he'll be more owned too. Um, I think you can like legitimately play Russ doubles in this game. Like Russ has actually been fine this year. Um, everything else about the Broncos has been horrible. It's like the inverse of last year when the Broncos actually had a good team and Russ was just killing them. Um, now Russ has been totally acceptable and the team around him has collapsed, but the Bears defense is like just absolutely woeful. Yeah. So you can talk me into Russ. You can talk me into Javante. I think this would be the Javante spot for me. Um, I've been wanting to play him all year just because I think that his role is like kind of a little bit better than what shows up in the snap rate because they have to play the fourth quarter of every game um, like in the two minute offense, basically, which is the P Ryan role. But this is probably the, the game where they get to potentially play from ahead the whole time. Um, I think that that really serves him well, where maybe he gets like, he's going to get the carries regardless but he's always earned targets really well on early downs. Um, and I think if, the longer they get to play in their base offense, the more we get to see that come through. He'll be owned because um, bears, but I, I think that there's enough guys in front of him that I think he'll probably come in like in around the 10 range, which I'm I'm pretty happy to take that on Javante. So probably rather play him than either the bears backs. Like it, it's a good matchup, but they're like trending towards a 50 50 split and fields of course, takes carries and the offense is bad. So I think it's, like, a pretty tough sell for me right now to click Herbert or Roshan, even at 4,700. Um, probably, like, no, Javante. And I think you could play Russ with, like, Judy and Sutton. I'm just not sure that I actually will do that.
1: I, I, will, I will not do that. That feels just, I don't know, it feels too thin. All the plays from this, like, maybe you work in some of these guys if you're doing, like, 150 max, if you're in the Millionaire Maker or whatever, but they just don't, like, single entry, three max plays, they don't. No one from this game really feels all all that good to me. Yeah. Um yeah, it's just like, I don't know, maybe it gets to a 46 point total, maybe Russ cooks a little bit, maybe Judy has a big game. I mim's Mims would be the only one that I would work in, just and acknowledging that that play doesn't work a huge chunk of the time. Like, you know, I I, yeah. I do feel like the routes are coming though. You just you can't be this good. For this long and play behind Brandon Johnston, you know, like it just doesn't, it doesn't really work. Uh, all right. The next game, Baltimore at Cleveland, super low total. I think I finally am not going to sigh out myself into d- doing the Lamar Andrews thing, which means this is probably the week that they get there. Lamar was the second highest scoring quarterback in the main slate last week, but he did it all via rushing. He's not thrown for over 237 yards in any of these games. The Munken thing is happening a little bit, but okay. not, not to the things. not to the full extent. Um they lost the game last week, like on like basically like an operational error. Like they just messed up fielding a kick. They they could have won and they didn't, which is like, I don't know, it just feels like the Harbaugh the Harbaugh Ravens, like the last three years have just found crazy dumb ways to lose games. They just have been running really bad.
2: They really do go full chargers on occasion.
1: Yeah. Ford, I mean, Ford does seem totally fine to me here. Uh, Kareem Hunt did not practice on Wednesday. Now, he probably didn't practice on Wednesday because he's old. But Pierre Strong is – Strong, like, really didn't play when that game was in balance at all. He took the final two drives when it was a three-score game. But it, and And Ford also, you know, the thesis behind me wanting to play Ford last week was the passing game usage, and the passing game usage was there for Ford.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think that the Ford stuff is mostly fine. Like I've seen people cite his Snapchat and be like, yeah, like, but that's going to come down because, you know, we're Kareem Hunt and more. I mean, maybe this is just like bag defending, it probably is bag defending, at least in part. But I look at it and I'm like, they had snaps where Elijah Moore was in the backfield. They had snaps where um, Pierre Strong was still playing. They had like some blowout script at the end they always don't really want their lead back to be more than like a 60% snap share. So I think Ford's role, at least for the time being, is probably fine where it is. And then Kareem Hunt maybe just like subsumes the Elijah Moore backfield snaps and Pierre Strong snaps before it kind of encroaching on Ford's territory could be wrong. Um, I think he's totally fine to play. Baltimore's also really injured in the secondary. So I think they're like still kind of thought of as a good defense, but I don't think that the personnel that, um, lens to that thought is actually available to them right now. Um, Watson showed some signs of life last week against Tennessee. Uh, so I think he's playable in this spot. And, like, I mean, David Njoku is just, like, not part of the plans, I guess, for whatever reason. So it makes it pretty easy if you do want to play Watson. You're you're just playing him with Cooper and Elijah or both.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just – this does not feel like the game environment. You know, in a, in a slate no. with a 53 total, I just don't – like – I feel like if you run through sim stuff, which I'm gonna do uh a little bit later. It's not gonna pop. It's not gonna it's not gonna pop at all. This would have to be this would have to be um, you know, a uh an I know ball play. It feels yeah, like I actually think... a better spot for I know ball is the next game, the Steelers, Texans game.
2: Yes. Yeah. Be- that one's because, an interesting spot.
1: Well, the Steelers are a road favorite. The Texans have not been scared of anyone. I mean they have just they've stayed yeah. chucking the ball against the Jaguar like it doesn't matter to them. Stroud looks really impressive. Dell I think is super interesting this week because he I don't think is going to be that owned. I think his price raised enough. We've got, you know, Atwell's 5500, Downs, Palmer, QJ, Thielen Calvin Austin even in this game. Like I think Dell is going to project for you know 12 13 points on most sites and 10 to 13 percent ownership but i don't know man this it might be like one of those things where it just like like puka or like tutu where he's this guy with no expectations coming into the season but he might just be the best target earner on that team
2: yeah it's totally possible i mean he's been legit and the way you play pittsburgh is you have to throw down on you have to throw them right on them they're really good run defense, and they're going to generate pressure. Like, I think the Pittsburgh defense is, like, firmly in play, even though I like Stroud, because they're going to generate pressure on this offensive line. But I think you can throw on them and get deep on them. So I'm totally fine playing either side of this. Um, this is, like, one of those games where I kind of wish Deontay was there, just because then it would be a little bit easier to talk myself into the Pittsburgh side, because they really only have Pickens. Um, Friermuth has not been a major part of the plans. But you could probably play him as a bring back if you're doing Stroud stuff. Um, I'm pretty all in on Stroud just like watching him he looks extremely legit and yeah you have Dell who's running deep routes you have Collins who's now going to not be played because he had a really bad week last week I don't know that like I actually think that differently about him because of a one-week sample (laughs) like we had him as the I had him as the flight plant two weeks ago and he was great and then he was owned and he flopped Uh, now he won't be owned I think um, I think that Stroud, Dell, Collins is like super implied this week. I like that more than like the rust off. I like that more than the loss and stuff for sure.
1: What do you what do you make of Calvin Austin six targets in week 1, four targets in week 2, six targets last week, only caught uh two of them, one for 0 yards, one for a 72-yard touchdown. I think the my original thought, I added him a bunch. I was actually going through waivers last night and he's on like literally every team I have. I bid on him for like a buck after Deontay got banged up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, my original thought was, oh, he'll just be Deontay. He'll run three yard routes and and have like a bunch of six for 18 yard games or whatever. Just like crappy Steeler stuff. But the, the long touchdown, the deep target does make me feel a little bit more intrigued about him, especially at 3,300.
2: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I just have no idea if like he's actually any good. Um, but I, I think he's probably better than Alan Robinson and he seems to have an interesting role. So I agree. If you were like playing this game, I think he's in play probably still third on my list. If I'm playing this game, I think it's from the Stroud side, not the Pickett side. So I'm probably only playing one Pittsburgh player. Um, and I think I would rate those probably, honestly, probably a Fryermuth one, just because I would prefer to just like occupy the tight end slot through my game stack and then probably Pickens too and awesome would be a distant third but I, I think it's like i won't be playing like 150 lineups but if i was he would probably get into a
1: couple of them yeah um all right next game we have let's see oh big big spot actually the los angeles rams traveling to play against the colts in the dome so we've got Kyron, almost on running back nakua who actually saw a price increase. He's up to 6,700 after a quote-unquote disappointing game in week three. What do you have, like six for 65 or whatever in a down spot? Five for 72. Yeah, Yeah. five for 72 in a down spot. Atwell gets the touchdown last week. Actually, unjustly had a touchdown called back where I don't don't think he stepped out on the end around, but they said that he did. We got Anthony Richardson, Michael Pittman Jr., Zach Moss, uh, and and, um, Josh Downs. I mean, these are all plays that are – getting some ownership i i think playing into this game doing you know richardson downs at well kyron is totally a fine way to play it. i mean kyron williams played every snap at running back last week for the rams every last one no ronnie rivers no royce freeman no zach evans like you just don't you don't really get that all that often that's about to say and zach moss literally the same thing or or tra- uh if I think if that game didn't have so many total plays, it would have been he played every snap the week before, and then he gave up four touches to Trey Sermon last week yeah. in that marathon game. But I mean, the the Dolphins. I guess a lot of people will probably play pieces from this game and from the Dolphins Bills game.
2: Yes, um, this is kind of the this is your mid price option. Like this is your Holiday Inn stack, and the other one is your like uh, Ritz Carlton stack. Um, I have no idea if you guys have the same hotels that we do in America, so I'm not sure. We have, I think we have, that those, we have
1: Ritz-Carlton's here.
2: That's great. Um, okay, I think that... Uh, yeah, I, I I'll play every part of this game. I think Kyron is like... It's tough, because like he is kind of a trap play and that he sucks. Uh, and yeah. that like the way to play the Colts is not to run the ball, right? Like You think about how the Colts' defense is constructed, like DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. Is, I think and I'm a homer, but I think that's the best interior defensive line combination in the entire NFL. Um, you, you won't have success running inside against that. Um, and McVeigh has shown a willingness to just ignore running the ball. Like they had like what nine carries on Monday night. Um, so I think that it's like really easy for Kyron to fail in that. I think you're probably only looking at three to four points on the ground, and then the rest has to come through touchdowns and receptions. Um, can still totally get there with that. But I think my preference is like if I'm playing this game and I know Kyron's going to be super owned, and I think he's a fine play, would just be to go Stafford, Puka, Tutu.
1: I mean, I don't know if I can play Stafford because it feels like Puka and Tutu can get there. Well, Stafford gets like 21 or whatever. Like it feels like I would just rather play Richardson with those guys.
2: I mean, that's totally workable too. I'll play Richardson as well. But, like, I think Stafford can get to 303.
1: I mean, he definitely can. And, I mean, we, we've we uh, noted on this show multiple times how bad the uh, the Colts secondary is. And it is, it is pretty bad. It's a little
2: bit improved because they finally stopped playing um, Daryl Baker Jr., uh, who may or may not be a member of Foreigner. And they finally started playing their second round pick, Juju Brentz. And he came in and it made a massive difference last week. Um, so I do think that their secondary is a little bit better as they've shuffled the personnel around, but it's still bad. Um, and definitely, like Stafford can, can do damage against this. And I think they are going to be forced to the air. Like, I, I don't think the Rams are not a good running team, anyways. I don't think they'll have any success running the ball against the Colts. And I think the Colts will totally keep pace with them. Like, I expect this to be a close game. So I, I think I would play this for the air. I do agree with you. You don't really have to play Stafford even to play both Tutu and Puka because like that's kind of where the ball's going anyway. A lot of there's like a lot of that's just PPR volume, um, and you can just play basically the Ram stack, but just play Richardson instead, and that seems like a totally acceptable way to do things. If you're playing Richardson, like I mean, you don't even really have to stack him. I think you want to. Um, probably Pittman, but I think Downs is like super in play too.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like the thought out there that Downs has only been getting targets because of Minshew. And I mean, more of his targets, I think 25% of Minshew's throws have gone to Downs, but Downs still had a 16% target share in the first game and and ran a ton of routes. Like he's out there. So I, I, I agree you would, like with Fields and Lamar, it's been in the case in the past that you don't actually want to stack them, but I think Richardson throws well enough and often enough and the Colts play fast enough that his real ceiling games are going to come with one of the wide receivers coming along with him. So I do think you want to stack him and this does seem like a pretty good bring back spot just because Atwell and Nakua projects so well and are, are literally not subbing off like, li- like much like Kyron are literally not leaving the field, which I don't know, you know, that adds a target or two to your baseline, sure. you know, Playing 95% of the snaps instead of 70. All right. Um, I, I'm gonna divorce from the market on this next spot. The Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jameis is playing a quarterback, and this is the 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 nut revenge spot for him. I can't even remember if Jameis as a Saint ever played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll go and look that up here real quick. But what I do know is that Jameis is an awesome fantasy quarterback. That's like literally what he does. So last year he did actually, he started in week two um, for New Orleans at home to Tampa Bay. They lost that game, but he threw 40 times. If you get 40 pass attempts for him here, you know, throwing to Alave, Shahid, and Michael Thomas, I I predict good results.
2: Yes. um, I'm not sure I'll get all the way there. I mean it's hard like there's like kind of a bunch of stacks that I feel like this week where I'm like I could play that like that's how I feel about Stroud that's how I felt about the Russ I feel kind of similarly about Jameis I think I probably I think I'm Jameis over Russ under Stroud in terms of this I definitely like Stafford more and I like Stroud more and I like the um bills and dolphins stuff more so I don't know I probably won't get to Jameis but I think you could play him and I mean the ball's going to Olave and then Thomas and Shahid so you're picking two curious what you think of Camara first week back like 6100 oh, yeah and I mean, maybe they really maybe the, anything out of the running game. So I think yeah. it's like very possible that he just gets absolutely force Get fed, fed here. Yeah, and I mean I don't know if you're watching Monday Night, but the vaunted Tampa Bay run defense is no longer very vaunted.
1: No, no, it was not. It was not very vaunted. Uh, DeAndre Swift was was taking them to task, and we're gonna talk about Swift here in a little bit. Yeah, I hadn't even really processed the Kamara stuff, but it does feel. I mean, this will probably be the healthiest and most spry he will be all year. I mean, a, a vintage. Kamara game, you know, 22 rushes and five targets or whatever at this salary, if that's just the direction that they decide to go, which they very easily could do, you know, because Jamal Williams is on the IR, Tony Jones stinks, Kendra Miller. I mean, he was, he was fine, you know, and I didn't do anything that like left off the, off the screen to me in his, his first audition. Mm -hmm. Like I, we could see a lot of Kamara. And then, you know, we have the, the Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans, historical data. I mean, I'm not much of a Mike Evans guy this season anyways, despite the fact that he's, like, looked amazing in every game they played. This does feel like more of a Godwin spot. White would be the one that I'm not going to play relative to the field. Like, any Rashad White no. team could just be a DeAndre Swift team, and I'd just rather do that.
2: I won't be doing the Rashad White thing. Um, he's he's just not good. So I think I'm only going to play that volume into, like, a really good matchup, and this is not one. Um, I'm fine with – ah oh, man. Mike Evans at seven K. It feels like Tom Brady's back in our lives. Hey, <laughs> like right.
1: That's, that's a yeah. that's a tag. Um, he's expen he's expensive. The, the I usage, so. I mean, it's been it's been touchdown awesome. driven. Yeah, he's just
2: been great. I mean, he's legitimately alpha in Chris Godwin for sure. But um, I think that's a bridge too far for me. I don't see myself playing any member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week.
1: Yeah. All right, DeAndre Swift home game against the Commanders. I think the total usage numbers lie a little bit in the sense that I don't really think there can be any question that DeAndre Swift is the lead rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles and that if they ever do plan on handing it off to a running back in goal-to-go situations, maybe they just will never do it because the push play is just that good and it just like literally cannot be stopped. So you have to factor that in. But I mean, back-to-back, what, 175, 130 rushing yards, they're also using him like a little bit in the passing game. You know, he's running he's running a little bit more routes. Like I I just think they realize what they have in DeAndre Swift, which was sort of a question to me coming into the year. Like I I did not know if they would. You know, like I like And they seem like they didn't in week one, you know, they're playing Boston Scott ahead of him in week one. And then I I guess it's just one of those, you got to see it to believe it. And he runs so good in that Thursday night game against the Vikings, does it again against the Buccaneers. And yeah, it's, it's wheels up for Swift. This might be the cheapest main slate price you'll get on him until he gets hurt.
2: Yeah, I agree. He's definitely a play. Um, I think you could kind of play all the Eagles actually like, The Washington defense is pretty ass, I think. Yeah. Right? Like, because they played the Cardinals week one and they played fine, but it's the Cardinals um, who are better than we thought, but they're still not like a good offense. And then they got absolutely lit up by the Broncos and then they got obliterated by the Bills. And you could definitely see this as a spot where it's like, you know, the Eagles and the Bills are like basically the same offense, but everybody wants to play the Bills because it's the more fun matchup, but there's no reason why the Eagles couldn't just pile up 42 points on the commanders um so I, I think it's totally fine to play like Hertz doubles um or Hertz swift they haven't really used them in the passing game that much but in theory they could um hurt swift and one of brown or smith uh it's totally fine with me too yeah i don't know um i think it's like one of those ones where in my mind, it's a legitimately good play to play Hurts this week. Cause I just think you're kind oh, of getting he, a little bit under, but yes. I don't know that I actually will. <laughs> he's the like, the will play, play Swift, he's like the Justin Jefferson play.
0: He's like the
1: Justin Jefferson play at quarterback where it's like everyone, yeah. like if you're spending up on a quarterback, you're playing Allen or Tua. Like it's, he will be even in, even in like really sharp contests, like, you know, the Thunderdome or whatever we're talking mm-hmm. about, like maybe 10% or whatever. Yeah. Um Also, I mean, commanders bring backs like, yeah, Howell's been sacked like every third play or whatever, but this Eagles passing defense has been really bad. Every, every team they played has been able to pass on them. You know, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel sounds like Logan Thomas is going to be back this week. I I would probably say Dotson, but Howell like forgets he exists in the second half of games.
2: Yes, it's pretty tilting. I have Dotson in my home dynasty league and my panic meter is. Is rising for sure. um I don't think you need to play. A commanders bring back to play Philly to be honest.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think you need to. I just am like this. could To me, this seems like a spot like like Mac Jones in Week One, where you're down fifteen yeah. points, like so you're just simply chucking, and the guys get there on passing volume. Uh, yeah, I mean Dotson's right. a fine
2: play, right? Except like, he's four thousand eight hundred. He's a talented player, and no one's gonna play him, so that seems probably
1: good. Yeah. All right. Next game we've got. I don't really know what to make of this game. The Bengals against the Titans. I mean, I do know I'm not playing any Titans. I'm not playing Hopkins. I'm not playing Burks. I'm not playing Chig. I'm not playing Henry. Um Titans defense, maybe if Joe Burrow looks as bad as he did. And then, I mean, you want to talk about wide receivers that no one's going to play. People aren't really going to be that into Justin Jefferson. I I mean, I'm seeing early PM that's kind of high on Jamar Chase. I do I don't buy this at all. I, I don't think people will will wanna play any bangle and if that is true if that is the case on chase then t is going to be like three percent owned
2: uh definitely yeah i think um you know it's the tennessee pass funnel right so i think it's pretty viable to play um burrow stuff it's just yeah is he gonna look like at what point is he gonna look right and i and i guess like we're at some point he's just gonna look like burrow and then the next week everyone's going to own them so i feel like you probably need to get in early this is probably a good week for it kind of all the exact same stuff that we just said about the eagles where you're getting these good offenses and not people aren't as interested because this one game is sucking up so much of the oxygen in the room so this i think i'm gonna have to figure out one of this bengal spot or this philly spot as like the the thing that i'm gonna uh really focus on um and i think maybe this bengal spot if i have like a level of confidence in joe burrow's health it's probably the better spot because you're getting this perfect matchup with the tennessee defense yeah. you know exactly who to play it's chase and higgins or at least chase and i don't know nothing um I'm just not sure I trust it. because they've been so freaking bad this year. Right. Like that's kind of the hard, that's some kind of the hard sell for me. So um, I also have no idea who you play coming back from Tennessee. That offense has been a disaster. No, uh, you don't, you don't play. I, I think one. you don't. Right. Yeah. 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 You just, that's you just tough.
1: totally leave it. Yeah. It's, it sucks, but you know, it is, Maybe it's you just one off T Higgins. Maybe that's
2: what I'll end up doing. is just, yeah. just the one off T Higgins. He's going to be not owned. I mean, you know with T Higgins like. He's got. He's either getting twenty five or he's getting five. So or <laughs> so zero. Just roll the or, dice. or
1: just or just zero. <laughs> Eight targets, zero receptions. Um, so I I could. I'm not going to do this, but I could galaxy brain myself into a, the Bengals can't pass. So it's just Derrick Henry, twenty seven carries game I I don't think I can galbrain myself there but I I see that as a, a possibility but I I will not be playing into that mostly because of our next game um I will just keep playing into Pollards getting 90% of the snaps at running back I know Dowdle scored the screen touchdown last week but like Pollard had a bad fantasy game last week and got 18 DraftKings points like had like a very frustrating game and yeah. still got the 100 yard rushing bonus it's it's a very similar spot this week. Dallas has clearly shown they don't fully trust their passing game right now, whether that be offensive line stuff, whether it be they just have not figured out what they want to do with the new offensive coordinator. Cooks is in, then he's out, then Tolbert's rotating in, Gallup's getting seven targets. Like, they just don't know what their plan is. Like, they fully plan on continuing to run the ball a ton with Tony Pollard.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know, I think it's just that he didn't score a touchdown. He still had over five yards per carry last week. Like he's been fine. He has not been like the electric Tony Pollard that we've come to know and love. And I think probably right. it's just, he's getting like a bunch of dust carries between the tackles where it's hard to do much more than just run for four yards. But I don't, I don't think that he's looked like bad or anything like that. Um, he's still been a perfectly good running back. It's just, it's it's hard now we're, when we're in a different role. Um, I think he's probably the only part of this game I would play. Right. Like, I don't think I have any interest
1: Cowboys in
2: the Dak stuff. Yeah. You can play Cowboys defense. You can even play Patriots defense if you want to. Um, yeah. I don't have any interest in the Dak stuff. Like, CD at low ownership is always interesting, but like, I don't know. You can play Jefferson at low ownership. Like, I don't need to play CD at low ownership. Um, but AJ Brown. So I'll probably be Pollard alone, I think, in this game. And you certainly don't need to run it back with a New England Patriot. I mean, they might just get totally obliterated in this spot offensively their offensive line is horrible uh and micah parsons is going to eat mac jones alive
1: yes yeah it's gonna be it's i i don't forecast good things for mac jones here i mean it would be it would be a very cowboy spot to lose this game and i hope they give up a fluky touchdown early i was like i was originally excited when the cardinals were up at halftime there right because i was like
2: we're yeah. gonna get three touchdown drives from the Cowboys in rapid succession, but that was not what happened. And
1: they just kept they placed... kicking field goals. They just kept kicking field goals.
2: And they kept they kept taking like extremely long drives and then they would result in field goals or turnovers on downs. And it was just like, man, like this is just doesn't feel like this is a good plan for how to how to function here.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Final game. I actually you wouldn't know this by looking at ownership, but the highest team total of the week is the San Francisco 49ers at 29 and a half. Um, again, McCaffrey is just not going to be that owned because of Tyreek and of Keenan and Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, who uh, we I actually just, I, I mistakenly skipped over that game. Let's actually, let's go back to this game real quick. Cause I went over it yeah. here, the Raiders and the chargers uh, Devontae Adams at 8,000 jam. Um, let's say Austin Eckler doesn't play this week. Do you have it in you to play Josh Kelly for one more week?
2: Man, like I have such two competing parts of my brain when it comes to things like this. There's like me, DFS brain, and then there's just like running back analysis slash dynasty talent evaluator brain. And like the talent evaluator brain is like, I cannot possibly play this absolute sloth in my lineups again. But the the DFS brain is like Josh Kelly against the Raiders, no ownership. <laughs> like that seems it seems like a good idea. Um, I did it last week and it felt horrible. And I think the problem is like basically last week it felt like they were like, all right, you're still going to get all the snaps because we don't like any of our other running backs enough to not give you the snaps, but we also don't like you, so we're just going to abandon the concept of he, the he rush. Played,
1: he played twenty four. He blocked. Pass blocking twenty four times, the most of any running back in any game this season. Like that's like that's like Mike Allstott he, he, Yeah, he's
2: he's just like he's Daryl Williams to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, it's it, not even Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams got targets in the true. passing game.
2: That's true. Okay, he's like Kyle Usech to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh god. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Kyle was it? 11, car-
2: Eleven carries for twelve yards. I mean, that's a tough scene. Um. I think you can play Kelly. I probably won't. I think the big question is, what are you doing at wide receiver? Because all of, the, all of the people on Twitter this week are rushing to say, like, we have to pick up Josh Palmer off the waivers, not Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnson's dust. It's over for him. Um, I mean, he definitely projects better this week. He'll, of course, be more owned.
1: Even if Johnston, Johnston,
2: Johnston's going to be behind Palmer and routes, but he's probably still going to run 65 to 70% of them. Right. I I like really want to play him.
1: Yeah. I I'm going to, I'm going to flag plant Quentin Johnston as better than, better than, um, you know, Calvin Austin or whoever, like maybe it doesn't happen. And maybe this is Marvin Mims part two where, where uh, you know, fucking Donald Parham is running more routes or whatever, you know, totally possible. In fact, maybe even probable that they just play a ton of 12 personnel here, especially if Garoppolo doesn't play. And this is, um, you know, uh, Brian Hoyer and the, the Raiders can't get anything going on offense. But the Devontae Adams, Quinton Johnston, you know, uh, skinny correlation is like just really calling my name. I, I can't. And I mean, you know, actually, the way you lose is they play this um, Darius Davis guy instead of a yes. QJ, which would just be so brutal.
2: That would be really painful. I would not enjoy
1: that. Feels like that's what's going to happen. But still, I mean, let's say because I was having this argument with someone about JSN, which is like they were saying like, oh, you know, every game that he doesn't play, it becomes less likely that he breaks out. And I actually think it's the opposite that like the rookie stuff often comes in an unexpected way, whether it be in game injury or a guy drops a pass or runs the wrong route and they're just like whatever let's play let's play the rookie. Very rarely do you get a clear signal that the rookie is the guy until it actually happens. And so yeah, if we knew if the team comes out and says on Friday Quentin Johnson's starting, we believe in him. Josh has been a good guy, but it's time for the first round rookie to to go. That that like triples his projected ownership or whatever, but they're not going to say that they're gonna he'll actually probably say the opposite like the coach will be like you know QJ's got to earn his stripes or whatever like I but it just feels like a very good spot to deploy him
2: yes I totally agree um I think he's gonna get a chance he's their first round pick and Mike Williams is out and they're gonna give him a shot like I mean Josh Palmer is basically KJ
1: Osborne this is literally why they drafted Quentin Johnson because they knew Mike Williams couldn't stay healthy
2: and because they knew that Josh Palmer is not actually good, right? Yes. Like Um. I I think. I think that Josh Palmer is basically KJ Osborne, and Jordan Addison is playing behind KJ Osborne, and no one thinks that that means that Jordan Addison sucks because yeah. KJ Osborne was number two because they let Zealand walk. Like now, Palmer's in. The, now Johnson's in that same spot where it's like they have one actually good receiver. They have like a shitty receiver who they're going to play ahead of him because it's, he's a veteran and it's early in the season. And then Johnson's going to run the third most routes, but he's going to be the second best receiver. Um, And so like, to me, we're basically just getting Jordan Addison against the Raiders at $3,700. I mean, that's like overly simplistic and we haven't seen Johnson actually do it yet, but I think that there's like a very thick slice of the range of outcomes that we're basically just getting $3,700 Jordan Addison against the Raiders. And people aren't super excited to play it I, I will play him in almost every single lineup um i was i was honestly planning to flag plant him until you said that you were going to flag plant him so we're very very aligned on this
1: yeah um i mean to be clear the, the flag plan last week was jameer gibbs which did not work out the well mine was justin fields I was. so yeah um well, yeah it is you know, it is what
2: it is hey nico we had we'll always have nico collins in week two
1: we did, we did. And I had Bijan week one, which is like yeah, uh, grading thinking. that on a curve. I'm going to give myself a B- minus for that one. Um, All right, yeah. now the final game, the 49ers at the Cardinals. McCaffrey, seems like Debo is legitimately banged up, so maybe you work in a little bit of Iuk, a little bit of Kittle, but these are the only fantasy-relevant players. And I, I just like, maybe you could psyop yourself into a Hollywood Brown bring back or whatever because Dobbs has looked a little bit competent, but... Michael Williams ran more, or Michael Wilson ran more routes last week. He's he is the downfield guy. Like he is earning the deep targets. They're not really doing that with Hollywood Brown. And then the the Zach Ertz thing. Like I just any Zach Ertz team could just be a Dalton Kincaid team. I'm I'm not doing that either.
2: No, I think we've moved on from Zach Ertz. Like society had use for Zach Ertz for two weeks. We've moved past the need for Zach Ertz now. We're all the better for it. Um yeah I don't think I'm gonna play this game I guess if Debo misses then everyone on San Francisco becomes like a way better right
1: I mean maybe theoretically but I actually I think in practice it just makes the offense a little bit worse and it concentrates the ownership so like I think in theory if you have a take you would actually prefer him to play or prefer him to play banged up even just prefer him to be out there for half the snaps because if Debo does not play and if we know at noon that he's not going to play um let's see what is Ayuk Ayuk is 6,200 I mean then he becomes like like a 17 percent owned play or whatever right that's actually the correct take
2: it's like you I mean so much of the San Francisco stuff is like realistically they can go into the game and scheme the plays to whomever Shanahan desires on a given day um so if if Debo plays but is playing injured Shanahan's going to be like okay this is not you know this isn't the game that we're going to scheme everything to Debo we're going to scheme it to the healthy players and you're you're right you totally want him active so that it keeps Kittle and Ayuk's ownership in check and then that's who you play or, or McCaffrey obviously um, McCaffrey is like just mega in play every week so
1: yeah uh I mean do you do you want to play James Conner do you do you got any of that yeah
2: Do yeah, I want to play James Conner against the San Francisco 49ers um not particularly
1: uh yeah, I don't either. Uh okay, flag plants for me. Quentin Johnston, DeAndre Swift as the best running back play, period. So I don't care if he's 19% owned. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely jam him. Um those are my those are my two big stances.
2: Okay. My top play of this massive Miami Buffalo game is basically everyone, but especially James Cook will be the most frequent member of my miami buffalo stacks and he'll also be a frequent member of my fade miami buffalo stacks uh so that's gonna be one flag plant my other one is going to be the puka tutu stafford stacks um i think we get the chance to take advantage of this colts pass funnel in a way that won't be super super owned this week so we're doing the rams we're doing the uh james cook and i'm just gonna like co-sign the Quentin Johnston flag plant. Um uh, that I think that uh he is probably someone that I'll play in like eighty plus percent of my lineups this week. I just think it's it's an absolute smash uh play in the spot.
1: Yeah. Um all right guys we are gonna get out of here. Thank you for listening and uh we'll be back next week.
0: At Vanguard you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.